Tempest Productions presents The Commodity by Bibi Berkey. Two friends are meeting for lunch, Judith and Ursula. As ever, the talk is about work and money and holidays and homes. A phone lies between them on the table. It's Ursula's. How nervously she eyes it. How distracted she seems. A glass of wine, perhaps? Ladies, a glass of wine? Wine, Jude? You want some wine? No, I'll save my calories for later, after the gym. No wine for us. I will. I'll have a glass, thank you. Have you a Chateau Grier? I'd have to open the whole bottle. Fine, I'll only have one glass, thank you. Very good. Ursula, the lunchtime drunk. (laughs) (laughs) That's better. I thought you were going to be lacklustre all lunch. You seem very distracted today. Is everything all right at the bank? Yes, everything's fine at the bank. I don't really want to ask, but um, is everything all right at home? What do you think? I don't know. I have wondered. Oh, we're already onto that subject, are we? Not necessarily, but it can't be avoided, can it? No, I suppose it can't. And I'm not about to now. There's a reason I've invited you out this lunchtime. Well, I thought there was nothing left to say. There is nothing, is there, Jude? We made an arrangement... Ursula, I'm afraid the arrangement must now be off. I've changed my mind, you see. What are you saying? We can't go back now. Sorry. Everything's off. No, don't don't say that. Steal yourself. Accept it. But a year ago, we stood in your kitchen. We stood in your brand new bloody kitchen, Jude. And we made an agreement. We made an agreement right there in your kitchen. Well, the agreement is off. Yes, exactly a year ago, the two women had stood in that magnificent airy kitchen, admiring taps and tiles, and the mood had been a little lighter, to say the least. God, Jude, you've changed it again. You pour more money into renovating this kitchen than you do any other part of the house and grounds. How big does the kitchen have to be? Don't have a go at me. It's Gus's campaign, as ever. He said the old kitchen needed to go, and so it went. I never cooked anything in the old one, and I'm unlikely to cook anything in this one. Some of us make do in a little galley kitchen in a terraced house. A little galley kitchen in a three-storey Kensington mansion. (laughs) Fair enough. Though it's nowhere as big as this place. Is this a competition? No, you're right. I'm tired of all that. Have we competed all our lives, do you think? From the very minute we met? Yes. Why did it not bother me until now? It bothers you. Doesn't it you? No. You don't think we've changed? A couple of head girls thrown together at Oxford with exactly the same life plan and extraordinary drive. Are we still those young women you wanted to be better than anyone else? Yes. I'm not. I think you probably are. 
You're going to say that we forged something then when we were 18 years old. You're going to say we made ourselves what we are now and there's never been any going back. You have no idea what I'm going to say. You think that middle age will have no power to change me? I'm not that old, you know. I'm only 49. I could still meet someone, still have children, perhaps. A child. Indeed you could. Why am I getting so worked up? Indeed. Now, where does he keep the drinks? Oh, I can't find my way around this new layout, and he's never bloody home long enough for me to get a tour. Is Gus out? He's playing some sort of sport. Golf today, I think. He's always out when I'm here. He's always out when I'm here. Jude, what have we done to him? The fault, Ursula, is all mine. Whatever has happened to him happened because of me. He's still very upbeat, isn't he? Gus will always see the good in everything and accentuate the positive. He can't change. He's always been so full of life and generosity of spirit. Well, that's why you married him. And that's why you would have married him if I hadn't. Don't start on that, please. I haven't the stamina today. I have to get back to a partnership meeting later this afternoon and then a client meeting in the evening. It's all right, it's all right. Nothing will harm your schedule. You can go very shortly. I only asked you here to admire the kitchen and to see if you wanted something of mine that I no longer needed. Something from the old kitchen? Sort of. Gus. What? You're surprised. I'll just wait for you to stop swaying, shall I? I'm not swaying. You were always the emotional one. You had to struggle with it all the time. It made you physically ill, just like you are now. You feel things too strongly, Ursula. What on earth do you mean you want to give me Gus? Do you remember when I took him from you? I talked you out of him. I knew then, and I certainly know now, that you were far more attached to him than I ever was. You loved him. You still do. You gave him up because I put up a very cogent argument in my favour. You couldn't find a rational way out of it. But then there was nothing rational about how you felt, and that seemed to undermine your confidence. I should never have manoeuvred him away. I am genuinely sorry about that. He is rightfully yours. Just like that? It happens just like that? You're swaying, you know. If I am, then it's because there's nothing to me these days. Do you feel it too? I really can't go down these alleys of yours. I was at the optician yesterday and something strange happened to me. I I was sitting in, in that dark little room, sealed in, while my optometrist fiddled around with frames and I suddenly became intensely aware of myself. I couldn't see anything and I couldn't go anywhere and I felt complete emptiness like... I was hollow. I thought if someone took a hammer to me, then I'd shatter like a vase and the bits would be so small that they'd be an insignificant mess waiting to be swept up. There was nothing to me. You know I never understand you when you talk like that. Yes, you do. You do, because we might as well be the same person. But we're not. I never sway. Have you ever seen me sway? No, I haven't. If you're talking about some kind of midlife crisis, then I'm offering you the perfect distraction. The man you love. I know it's some 30 years late, but better than never having had him at all. Why don't you want him? I don't want anyone. You see, as I age, I feel fuller and fuller. The complete opposite of your empty vessel. What I lack, I am certain I can supply myself. It's the next challenge. I love the thought of it. I love the idea of being entirely alone. What if he doesn't want me? Ursula. 
You're not the type to fail, are you? You never used to be. He'll want you. He always did. Maybe you're wondering how all this came about, this peculiar arrangement that the two friends refer to. For that, we must travel back nearly 30 years and find them in their college rooms. They have a visitor. He's only just arrived and he's already set the cat among the pigeons. Good morning! Morning! Remember me? <laughs> You're the one we couldn't shake off last night. Well, you shouldn't have given me your address then. Our address? I know. Two for the price of one. Who are you? Do you remember him? His name's Gus. He's the one who brought us drinks last night and danced to no music. He knows no embarrassment. Your college rooms are so much better than mine. It feels like a hotel in here. We pooled our resources and fixed the place up. We both like good quality furnishings, don't we? Don't you make it sound like a pair of old farts. Well, you're the best looking pair of old farts I've ever seen. Shall we go, go out and have lunch? I, I'd say it's on me, but I, I don't have a penny. Well, we'll feed you here. We can't cook. I can. You can't. She can't, Gus, however much she wants to impress you. What's Gus short for? Augustus? It's Angus. He told us last night. Weren't you listening? She never listens. You get the ingredients. I'll cook. I cook very well. I hope I'll never have to cook for anybody in my life. I hope to cook for family and friends forever. Better not talk like that. She doesn't like being contradicted. Judith Corston is always in charge and is always right. And Ursula Varley is absolutely no different. Are you two arguing over me? You wish. Because, just so you know, I'd love it if you would. It's, it's so good to be wanted. Feel free to want me at any point. We're back at the restaurant where the atmosphere is a little icier now. A friendship is being tested. Your wine. Thank you. It's been a year, a whole year, to let myself find him again. I had to let go bit by bit, abandon the flimsier self that had seen me through the past two decades. I felt substantial again, and it was thanks to finding him. Are you starting on that stuff about feeling empty again? We're not schoolgirls anymore. We weren't schoolgirls when we were schoolgirls, for God's sake. Aren't you sick of this victim role yet? You've had plenty of relationships over the years. Don't you dare tell me that I ruined you somehow, that our choices weren't sensible, calculated ones. You are a senior partner in an international law firm. I co-own a merchant bank. Did those things happen by accident? Did we wander along waiting for someone to throw us an opportunity? There is nothing whatsoever insubstantial about us. There is more to us than a law firm and a bank. Really? I don't believe that. I built my business. It is me and I am it. That was the plan. You rewrite things the way you like, but I, for one, don't wish to forget. Love and ambition. What an impossible choice these women gave themselves when they were so young. Did it ever occur to them that they can enjoy both? Do you like him? Gus. He's an English student. I don't get him. If he gets a pair of economic students, we can get an English one. I know you're pretending. You do like him. Would you mind if I did? 
Well, a straight answer would be useful. Ursula, we live together, study together, have made the same plans for ourselves. You know what I think half the time. I'm not sure I do. You do? Well, I think that now and then it doesn't do any harm to spell these things out. All right. Then I think he's more your cup of tea than mine. We walked back through Christchurch Meadow last night. There was a mist and I have never felt anything like that before. I was, I don't know, thrilled. Off my head, thrilled. I think you're describing love. I think I might be. Do you mind? Not one bit. He's definitely more your cup of tea than mine. Do you remember that promise Judith made to Ursula as they stood in the new kitchen? Well, she was certainly true to her word. A few days later, Ursula opened her front door to find Gus standing in front of her. Her gift had arrived. Gus! Hi! I've come to help with the garden. Jude said you were feeling a bit overwhelmed by it. You know I love a bit of garden toil. I asked for you. Are you swaying? Am I? Oh, I just got up too quickly to answer the door. You say Jude sent you. Don't you even remember calling her? You said you needed me and she said she could spare me, so here I am. She said you'd be expecting me. Sometimes I I get the feeling you two move me around like a chess piece. You've come all the way from Barnes just to dig my weeds? Yes, I can't wait. So you're going to let me in? Yes, why not? Come in, Gus, come in. (laughs) And so the two of them get to work and Ursula can't quite believe that the man digging beside her might finally be hers after all these years of waiting. Oh, let's stop now, Gus. I'm clearly not very fit. My back is aching. It's looking good, though. We've achieved a fair bit. Should you have a drink? May we stop? It's your garden. You don't need my permission. Just treat me like any of your other lackeys at work. Don't say that. I'm not such a harridan, am I? I'm really so happy you're here. I feel so... What? Go on. What? Like a grateful child. Like a child who doesn't deserve another chance. I feel like a child who is terrified that she'll ruin everything. I'm afraid I don't get you. I'll go make the tea. All right, thanks. Gus, what would you be doing now if if you weren't here? Oh, out about. Probably running an errand for Jude. She cracks the old whip a bit. But wouldn't you rather be back at work? Don't, don't you ever want to go back into publishing? Oh, God, no. I only did it for a year or two. It's hardly a career. It's moved on without me now. I'd never get a foothold again. When we bought the house and Jude suggested I renovate it full-time, I kind of kind of stepped out of the job market. But don't you want to step back in? <laughs> At 50. That's not old. My wife keeps me busy, you know that. Anyway, I'm just happy being of use to her and t- to you. I'm not quite as driven as both of you. I-, I think it might be a bit late for me to have any ambitions. I don't let myself think about it in case it gets me down. We wouldn't want that now, would we? She relies on me staying upbeat all the time. You remember that day I hunted you both out and visited you in your college rooms? Of course. I couldn't get over how opulent your college rooms were. 
You, you had a oh, Persian rugs, antiques, even a bloody chandelier. It would have been comical if it wasn't so damn tasteful. The rest of us had posters and ticket stubs up on the walls. Ugh, truly embarrassed. Don't be. You both always had exacting standards. You're both exceptional and want things done in a, in a certain way. That's what I married into. And so back to the present day. Back to the restaurant table where a deal is being unstruck and a dream shattered. Aren't you going to eat that? Your wine will hit an empty stomach and your judgement will cloud. You'll start talking your existential bollocks again. You emasculated him. You took a sweet-natured, loyal, devoted young man who had the world ahead of him and you turned him into your pet. You didn't let his career have a chance to take off because you wanted to keep your pet at home with you. You'll find my pet is rarely at home. I'm not surprised. He's bored. His life is empty. He's done nothing for himself. He's done everything the way you wanted it. He was part of the plan, wasn't he? Ursula, you're not doing yourself any favours. You shouldn't have touched the wine. Oh, shut up about the bloody wine! One year ago, you told me you didn't want him anymore. You said you were sorry that you ever took him from me. You sent him to me, for God's sake. In that time, we've found each other again. How can you suddenly decide to change your mind? How could you ever think that he would roll over and do as you command yet again? I don't have to give you reasons for how I feel, do I? He's my husband. He belongs to me. How did we ever think we could control so much of the world? What perversity in us created this crisis? There is no crisis. It's in your mind. Wrong. This is our first proper moment of crisis. We set it in motion 30 years ago. I am allowed to change my mind, and I have. 30 years ago, can they really blame their younger selves for the mess they're in now? 30 years ago, their minds were focused on their studies. That was their priority. I meant to ask, have you finished your Keynes and State Intervention essay? Well, it's not due for another month, but yes, I have. I'm just reading something that might be of use to you. Look. I miss him when he's not with us, don't you? We're a threesome now, we're always together. I know what you mean about missing him now and again, but we're not a threesome really, are we? Oh, come on. No, seriously. When we're together, I'm just a fifth wheel or whatever they call it. You two are far closer. Dude, that's not true. How would you describe him if you had to in one word? Harmless. Really? Is that how you see him? It's not bad, is it? I worry that men might be a problem in my life. You know, compete with me. Insist that I step back a bit and give them room. That's what my dad's like. Gus is never likely to be a problem in my life. If we don't revise, incidentally, we don't get our firsts. Just thought I'd point that out. Try not to get too carried away by your lovey-dovey thoughts. I don't know what's more important to me. I feel like I should be making choices that will affect the rest of my life. You are. It's called revision. It will end in us getting firsts. That will lead to us going into business, you with your law conversion cause, me straight into the city. That will lead to rapidly growing income and huge homes and gardens and work, glorious work, for the rest of our days. He doesn't think like that. 
He doesn't know what he's doing beyond tomorrow. Then he needs saving from himself. Please, can I save him? And so she waited and waited. And in the end, she got him. Judith graciously handed over the prize, and Ursula and Gus were together at last. He visited her regular in the house in Kensington, and before they knew it, they were having a most heartfelt conversation. What do we do? I can't believe we're in this situation. I never wanted to hurt her. But it's almost like she, she, she sent me to you. It's the strangest feeling. It's, it's like we're students again. The three of us, meandering along, not knowing what would become of us. We never meandered, me and Jude. Well, I'd still be meandering if it wasn't for you two. You never looked ahead and wondered what would become of you? You never had any kind of plan? Not like you did, no. I was never going to be a high flyer like you. I don't want you to think of me like that anymore. I want to be with you now and not waste any more time. You do want to be with me, don't you? I am with you. I always have been. But it's too late for us. No. This is the second chance. This is the time that justifies all the waiting. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I never had the backbone to stay with you at the time. I got kind of swept along. We're in our third year. I, I, I was ready to go out and travel and see where life would take me. I was, I was going to persuade you to come with me. And then suddenly, she needed me. She said we'd be good for each other. I thought, I thought, I thought I loved her. Or I could learn to love her. Did you, Gus? Did you? I did. And then I didn't, and then I did again. It, it's hard to explain, but, but with you, with you, I, I always felt the same. I never changed towards you either. This year, this year of falling in love again has been so beautiful. Like a slow progress towards happiness. It's taken a whole year to be sure, hasn't it? I know it's been more difficult for you, but tell me you're ready now. Tell me we can finally begin a life together. You know, I'd wait for you another year and another, as long as it takes. Listen... She's invited me to lunch in the city tomorrow. I'll go and talk to her and we'll finally have it out. I'm going to call you at 1.30 sharp and I'm going to hand the phone to her and I promise you that she will be all right with it all. She will say goodbye to you and give us her blessing. How can you be so sure? Because I know her so well and I know about how she craves her own company and she wants to move on now. She wants us to be happy. She wants us to be together at last. But here we are, back at the restaurant, and by now we know that it's not turned out quite as the lovers planned. The wife has changed her mind. The friend 
is distraught, and the phone lies between them on the table, ready for that call. You have no idea how close a husband and wife can be. We're inseparable. We've grown up together. I'm not letting him go. It wasn't until I thought of parting from him that I realised that it was impossible. You can't do this to me. You as good as gave him to me. You sent him round to my house to set the whole process in motion. You knew what you were doing. You can't be this cruel, Jude. You can't. It's not a case of cruelty. It's about confirming things to myself. You would do the same? Lots of couples have uncertain moments, want to throw the towel in. It's an act of petulance and then it subsides. I was having one of those moments, but I'm not anymore. Perhaps he is. I don't see any evidence for it. I know when he's with you and when he's pottering around with his mates on the golf course and I don't think he's seeing any less of them. We all have a routine. I'm not able to let go of mine. I thought I could, but I can't. It's 1.30. So what? I have to call him. He can wait. I said I'd call him now and that you'd say goodbye to him. I said it in good faith. You started this. How dare you? You choreographed our parting. You set the foundations for it. You seem to be occupying the moral high ground, if you don't mind my saying. I don't get it. You destroyed my life with him 30 years ago, and now you're doing it again. Put that phone down. How on earth did I destroy your life? Oh, Ursula, please avoid hysterics. Hysterics? When have I ever shown even the slightest suggestion of hysteria? I have gone along with everything, being led on by you so much. I have been more patient, generous and kind to you than you ever deserved. You told me you'd rather be alone. You relish the idea of taking care of yourself and not being answerable to anyone else. Stick to your assertions. Give them to me. Let him go. Let me have what I deserve. A little happiness. I love him, Jude. I love him. Don't take him away from me again, please. Put your phone down. Tell him. Tell him that he's no longer yours. That he's free to come away with me. We'll get out of your sight. I promise I won't rub it in your face. I respect you too much for that. I've accrued so much leave. I can disappear just like that for a while. Why are you calling him? I've nothing to say to him. Let me have him, Jude. Let me. It's my turn. Let me have my turn now. Hi. You've reached Gus. I'm probably on the links right now. Go on. Leave me a message. I'll just keep ringing him until he answers. Oh, don't do this, Ursula. Get yourself together for work. We both have to get on with our day. Resign yourself to what I'm saying. I won't. I won't. I'm not going to crawl away again. I couldn't bear the pain last time and this time. It's a million times worse. I'm going to call him and you're going to tell him it's over. I won't play this game. It's ringing. It's ringing. When he picks up, tell him. Tell him he's mine now. The phone keeps ringing without let up. And now we're in a cafe barely a mile away in the West End and Gus is there. He's sitting with a woman. We've never seen her before, but Gus seems to know her very well. Very well indeed. Aren't you going to answer? No. What does she want? She doesn't usually bother you during the day. It's not her. It's the other one. They're arguing over me. Oh, God. There isn't a problem, is there? I mean, you'll stay with the main one, right? That's the plan, at least until we get Josh through university. Then I'll hang on long enough for our mortgage to be paid off, and finally slope off. Oh, well, let's not ruin it now. 
Josh is nearly through. He's so good. He adores you for not saddling him with student debt. And I want to keep it that way. Don't worry, there's so much wealth there, they don't even know it's missing. You know, the whole business with the other one, with Ursula, made me realise how little they need to keep them happy and hopeful. They never allowed themselves anything like love when it was possible. They have no idea what it's like and will accept any sentimental or practical version of it. Well, as long as we know what love is. We do, my darling, we do. You and the kids are all that matter to me, but these these two were always planning at life, never never living it. <laughs> it's not like they're the only ones with a plan. I hatched mine the minute I met them. They were my plan. Thank God you agreed. I didn't want to work any more than you did. Do they do a decent wine here? Let's get a whole bottle. Waiter! Jude, played by Rebecca Charles. Ursula, played by Camilla Simpson. Narrator and Gus, Mark Lingwood. Waitress and Lisa, Bibby Berkey. Music by Timothy Bond. And studio production by Francis Nabim Weber. Produced by Tempest Productions. <laughs> <laughs>